The Talent Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, this is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute. And I'm super excited to have Dave Weisbeck, Chief Strategy Officer at Vizier with me today. Dave, you there? I am here and, and very happy to be here as well. <laughs> well, Dave, uh, you know, you've been in the space for a long time and uh, Vizier is having a great run right now. It seems like I, I see you everywhere. I see your company uh, getting great testimonials from some clients. So if you would just introduce yourself, a bit of, about your background and a little overview of Vizier to get us started. Yeah, happy to do so. So, um, so let me start with an introduction of myself. So Dave Weisbeck, I'm Chief Strategy Officer here at Vizier. One of my favorite little jokes is uh, nobody knows exactly what a Chief Strategy Officer gets up to day to day, which I, I view as a, a nice blessing. That means I get to change that answer on a day-to-day basis. But in truth, what I really focus on here at Vizier is trying to be very thoughtful about the solutions that our customers and potential customers need. So what, what do we need to add to our product? How do we describe that to the market of so marketing? And then also the one that's really close to my heart is what we would call customer success. The things that we need to do to make certain our customers are successful. Uh, and so that means both from a technical or trying to be really thoughtful about how to connect the analytics that they're doing or the planning that they may be doing on their workforce to how they achieve a business outcome. Nice. And Vizier, uh, you um, came from the BI space and you saw an opportunity in the marketplace here in the HR realm and uh, you <laughs> launched Vizier. How long has it been now? Yeah, it's about six and a half years now. Uh, admitting my background, uh, you know, a lot of us here in this industry that focus on human resources, you know, human capital management overall, uh, you know, have a lifetime in, from an HR perspective. Mine wasn't. Mine has always been in the technology world, but in the analytics technology world. So I trace my history back to a product that's probably familiar to a lot of you. It's called Crystal Reports. I helped lead and build that development team and that product, you know, through business objects, which as I often describe the single largest independent business intelligence vendor that's ever existed. And what the conclusion we really came to and why we created Vizier is a really simple notion that one of the most difficult things to achieve when you are trying to use data, to analyze data, is to be as thoughtful of the most impactful questions. I sometimes have referred to business intelligence, the more general name for analytics, is it's a bit like finding a genie and you rub the lantern, right? And the genie comes out and it's a special genie that says, I'll answer any question you have. And you get really smart and you go, tell me the right question to ask of you. And it goes, oh, but I won't answer that question. <laughs> and so this notion of answering questions is is really kind of, you know, in our DNA now as a, as a company here at Vizier, trying to help organizations with what are the best questions to ask of people. Interesting. And with that, you know, this people analytics uh, or talent analytics world uh, is a place that you're you're known to play in, and you're doing very well. And mm-hmm. that being said, you know many organizations are you know, struggling with defining it. Um, so, what is people or talent analytics to you and Vizier? Yeah, and I think if you look at let, let's use the term people analytics. If we look at that and say, do we understand what people are? Everybody's yeah, of course. But do we really understand analytics? And uh, I've obviously spent just, I've been some 20, 
plus years, I was going to say, is it 20 or 25? I've lost track. Uh, years in the analytics space. And it's a question we've been often been asking ourselves. So what is analytics? The first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the chart, the dashboard, the report. Yeah, those are the artifacts that we create. But why do we do it becomes a more important question. And people stop and they puzzle about that and they say, well, you know, if I create, if I bring this really great data to the meeting, I'll help influence, you know, what we do. And if you spend enough time trying to think about this deeply, you come to a single word that is the encapsulation of why we do this. And it's all about better decisions. So decisions is really at the heart of it. And since I've been doing this long enough, I can tell you that the original name for what we called business intelligence or analytics was, or any of our new favorite terms, big data, we originally called it decision support. That was its original name. Yep. And then maybe in some sense, that was a good name because that's what it's really all about. So if we just connect it to people then, it is how do we make better decisions around our people, better sourcing for hiring, better um, allocation of compensation adjustments to make certain we're paying for performance. It is all about the decisions that we're making. So people analytics is, is how you make the best decisions about your people. Beautiful. And to make that happen, uh, knowing the space uh, as well, you know, the ability to aggregate uh, data from disparate systems. So there can be a narrative that's developed that is understandable and that points leaders or, or HR business partners into a, a certain uh, level of confidence where they can make a good decision. Uh, is that close to your core value proposition? How would you describe you know, the pain point that you all are solving for and why you're getting so much positive energy in the marketplace these days? Yeah, so if you, if you, if you go back to my you know, simple, it's just all about decisions. What we, we have to recognize is there's different classes of decisions. There can be very um, operational, in the moment, you know, you know, literally within the day type of decisions you make. There can be the grand strategic decisions that you're trying to make as an organization. And there's certainly going to be that case where a, a simple answer coming back from data can help you to make an operational decision. Um, you know, where should we go for lunch can be a decision you might make. You might need simplistic data to make that decision. But as soon as the questions get a little bit more complex, ultimately what you have to do is start to connect data. Let's take a simple one. Where is our best sources of candidates? Where do we get our best people from? In order to be answer, you know, a relatively simple question as it relates to you know, stating the question, it suddenly becomes very difficult to answer that question when we think about it from a, a data perspective. Our best sources of candidate are probably going to mean looking at our performance management data. It's probably going to mean looking at our promotions data. Um, but there may be even engagement or other sources of information that want to give us a more complex answer of what best means, or more sophisticated answer of what best means. And then we're going to want to tie that back to who recruited them, where did we recruit them from? Uh, are we looking at our campus, you know, we're going up to colleges and hiring process, or are we looking at our executive using agencies process, or are we looking at our, you know, mainstream or evergreen hires we might be doing? And so there's a lot of complexity that immediately comes in to answer a relatively simple question. Yep. At least from our point of view, what we try to do here at this year is say all of that technical pieces of connecting your data, first and foremost, you get 
value get uh, infinitely more value, maybe not infinite, but a lot more value if you can answer that class of questions. And it is a real technical burden and hurdle that holds a lot of organizations back. So our view is you should be looking for a solution approach that takes on that challenge for you. And that's what we're trying to do here at Pizier. Yeah, and if I can just ask, you know, many organizations have tried to do this themselves and they maybe have succeeded in some measure or they have had a start and stop where they just did not have the right people in place. They did not have the right technology infrastructure. Their data wasn't uh, clean enough. So what I'm hearing you say is that as opposed to spend all your time uh, wrestling with that challenge that you're helping, not maybe not take that off the table, but certainly ease the effort there so they can focus mm-hmm. more on how to problem solve and you know how to gain additional insight into how people are thinking and feeling in the workforce. Is that uh, you know, a fair statement? Yeah, in, in um, a fairly simplistic terms, there's a, a bunch of technical hurdles that people need to get through. And we want to remove those. So we want to do our best to say, um, let's solve those technical hurdles for you so you can focus on the things that deliver value. Because building a data warehouse doesn't solve a problem other than you know building a data warehouse. And you don't get real value until you deliver data out to stakeholders who are using it to make decisions. So let's remove some of those technical hurdle pieces so that people can get to the value pieces sooner, faster, easier. Um, and so that's, that's what we're trying to do by abstracting away that work and saying, let's deliver that for you. I sometimes use an analogy to describe what's really happening here. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go and hopefully this will be uh, informative for the audience. The, the, if you think about it by analogy to preparing a meal, you have multiple choices. Um, the, you can go to a grocery store and you can uh, figure out all of the ingredients to source. Uh, and this, in this case, would be analogous to all your sources of data. So you can you can go out, acquire all the ingredients, do all the preparation, figure out what the menu is, figure out what the recipe is, you know, do all of the prep work, do all the cooking, and deliver it yourself. That is a way to solve the problem of how do you get all your data connected together, and how you deliver the answers to the right questions, you know, to the business and you know, the HR function at large. Um, there is another path, of course, which is a restaurant. There's a menu to select from. You know, they've thought through what is the great pairings of food or drink and you know, the other elements, and you can select from the menu. That is, by analogy, the difference in approach that the traditional answer would be of acquiring all data integration tools, as they're known, data warehouses or data marts, building out technical solutions through technical tools that allow you to create reports and dashboards. The, the Vizier approach is to say, wouldn't it be easier to go to the restaurant and be able to select from the menu of the most important questions that you're trying to solve for your business? Yeah, I love the analogy. And I also hear in there that you know, once you have the data in a format where you can analyze it and answer those questions and have that key decision support to go back to that, um, it's 
one thing to have it in a central COE or center of excellence. Uh, it's another thing to actually push it out to a variety of users to effectively, uh, to use a term that uh, you've been using over the years, if not coined, uh, the democratization of information. Is that something that is core to what you all are doing moving forward? Yeah, and I think there is... Um there's a bit of a danger that organizations have that when they go down this path, which is they think about the capabilities that they require in order to be successful. They measure their success against those capabilities. Can we create you know, really beautiful looking dashboards? Can we analyze or connect data? And your value doesn't come from that. It remembers back to those decisions and who makes those decisions. Well, it's gonna be your head of comp and then making decisions. It's going to be ahead of your talent acquisition, but it's also going to be line leaders and managers in the organizations who are making decisions about talent while playing concert with their business partner. And, and you only really obtain that value if you're delivering information out to all of those stakeholders and the right information to those stakeholders so they can use it to make a decision and do something different, you know, impact some change, create some change. And so it is imperative that you do not think about any sort of analytics as we can create a dashboard. It is, did we create the right one with the right metrics and deliver it to the right audience? That becomes more valuable uh, way to think about the value created. And then we have to solve, of course, all of the challenges that, that are not completely unique, but are certainly more of a challenge for us in the HR world. You know, this data is sensitive. This data is not for everyone. So how do we deliver it appropriately and correctly to the right people and the right audiences to make certain that they're getting the data to make the right decision, but they're not getting the data they shouldn't be seeing that might be highly sensitive as well. It does make it a very technical challenge. It's another one of those technical pieces that we're trying to help organizations with by saying, you focus on the value, let us focus on the technical problem. Got it. And summarize. So what I've heard you say is that you are solving for this data aggregation, staging, and uh, the platform to actually do analysis, not only in a centralized uh, group like a COE, but also pushing it out to the head of comp, HR business partners, whoever would be consuming that uh, data, uh, consuming that insight to make a key decision. So with that in mind, you know, what are some of the key attributes, maybe even beyond the Vizier tool that you see in leading practice companies, those organizations that are actually generating insight, taking action on it in meaningful ways. Do you have a you know two or three key attributes that you see among those companies? Yeah, um, uh, and let me just you know drop the metaphors and analogies for a moment. Just say very simplistically, you know what it is that we're trying to help organizations with. Um, first, uh, combine all the data from whatever systems you have in place. Uh, I think our current record is somewhere north of 30 different systems uh, that hold employee data. We do all of the combining of that data. We then, of course, keep your history. We combine all that data together. Then we deliver the answers to the right questions. So in our product, it's literally questions that we think you should be answering and deliver that in a way that can be secured and you know empower end users. Uh, to use it and be effective. In terms of when we see um, people do this really well, what are, what are the characteristics that we see? 
what we see certainly is those who are very thoughtful around the right questions to ask and answer that connect in particular to the business results. That is our big push at the moment is to challenge all HR organizations to connect whatever it is that they're measuring about their workforce and have a point of view at the very least, even if it's not a direct mathematical connection to a business result, it is at least an understanding of the level of influence. What do I mean by that? If you are, your business is one that is growing and expanding and you are looking to expand geographically, you should have a point of view about how to best source or what the, your HR function needs to do to be successful to help that organization to grow and expand. And so a connection between a focus strategically within HR on talent acquisition to how that connects to allowing the organization to grow. If your organization is, is taking a path of operational excellence and margins matter most, that you're connecting the deep analysis of compensations and benefits and all of the other cost elements of your workforce, something we call total cost of, of workforce, you can understand how that information connects to allow decisions to be made to drive margins and operational excellence within the organization. The list can go on, but it is that is first and foremost, is a connection to what it is we measure about people and how it connects to business results. Nice. And so just based on what you just shared, I presume that those companies that are doing this well are doing just that. They have clarity in terms of how their not only workforce metrics, but the employees themselves are driving economic value, whether that be sales or profitability or maybe even customer satisfaction and innovation. And you all are helping provide clarity into those uh, perspective linkages. Is that fair as well? Yeah. So when we think about the sources of information that measure people, one of the things I challenge organizations with is this notion of what is a system that holds information on people? I mean, people will say they're HRS at the starting point. Okay, well, be, be more creative in your thinking. What other sources of data do you have around people? You know, you get your talent management suites and you keep going. And then you go a little bit further and you push them a little bit harder and they come up with payroll and they come up with engagement surveys. And you push them further and where most people don't go, they stop. Uh, is to look at the other systems that are like a CRM uh, that is keeping track of information on customers and your sales team. That is really holding information about people because your sales information about your sales team is there. And most of the other systems, what they're really holding is information that relates to what it is that people do. So most of the HR systems describe the people but they don't describe what people do. And that's where we need to keep pushing the bounds as a, as a discipline is connecting between what we understand about people to what it is we understand about what people do. They sell things, they service things, they market things, they innovate new things. All of these things that people do is really people data too. We just often don't challenge ourselves to think about it that way. But if we can and start to make those connections, then the value of what we do to the business at large you know, grows exponentially. 
and pulls in business leaders. You know, they sit on the, on the front edge of their seat when you're in the room and presenting information because they already intuitively know that all of their success comes through their people. And the more that they can understand about how to get the best from those people, um, the more engaged that they will be. And so I think, I think very strongly that this, it, this is the future we need to keep driving towards. We fall into these traps of capabilities. We chase things like predictive. We should not be chasing predictive. We should be chasing the value that predictive can give us, which is maybe to tell us, help us to inform decisions about, around people that can lead to a business outcome but our fixation should be on the business outcome, not on the capability. Predictive in its own right has no value. It's only what you can predict that has value. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, as you're talking, I get all excited and uh, you know, to be totally transparent with uh, our audience and each other, you know, we're not only drinking the Kool-Aid, we're, we're making the Kool-Aid. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> with that in mind, um, I have my opinions, but I'm very curious uh, in your perspective on, with such a clear value proposition, why are not more companies doing this? And what is it going to take for uh, leaders, whether it be CHROs or heads of operations, finance, IT, to really make a commitment to, to make this happen? And you might want to frame it around you know, those companies that have or just where you've seen some, some struggles. Uh, so, you know, how do we get those others over the top? Yeah, I, take, I definitely take a, a glass half full point of view on this and, and recognize that we are making a very large change. As a discipline, we are coming from a world, and you, know, you don't have to go that far back in history, to see you know, some massive change that has already taken place around the expectations and what great HR looks like. And we're not done in that transition. And so the glass half full to me is that I see some organizations doing some really amazing and great things and have kind of figured this out. But it is a big enough change because we have to change both skill sets and mindsets across HR and across all you know, business partners and what expectations we have of HR business partners when we hire them and we develop them and redefine what good looks like. And that change can't happen overnight. So that is, you know, that is the thing that can make us feel you know, frustrated that we're not as far along as we'd like to be, but we do have to recognize the scope and magnitude of the change. Those organizations, though, that are very successful, they absolutely do take a point of view that they have to focus on people. There's almost a little bit of an irony in here that, you know, for a people part of the organization, you know, the answer to success is to focus on people. Um, and we don't always figure that out. Yeah. And so you have to start with, you know, the HR function at large and expectations. The expectation is that when you come to the meeting for us to make decisions about uh, whatever it may be that is related to the HR function or the business at large, we're bringing data. We're going to bring the facts to the, to the discussion. There will be a place for the I think and I feel, but we have to start setting the expectation that we bring data. We have to set an expectation in the, you know, on the field side of things in the HR business partner community that they are bringing facts and data to discussions with business leaders, that they can't just talk about the, the thinks and feels. 
they have to bring data and challenge those leaders with data as well. Yeah. And until we really get past that kind of cultural piece, um, we, we will continue to, you know, not get the glass full. Uh, it'll still be a little bit half full, but uh, I do <laughs> take that optimistic view that it is half full today. Right. Yeah, I love what you're sharing because uh, so many gravitate to, oh, we need HR, uh, both at business partner level and leadership level to have different skills. And that's going to take a, a generation. But you also highlighted the fact that there needs to be a different mindset. And I, I could not uh, support that thinking more. And that actually relates to a, a question. Many in HR are saying, well, our data is not ready yet. Our reports aren't ready yet. Um, therefore, I'm hesitant to have the discussion around how we're going to formulate a talent strategy, whether it be how we recruit, develop, compensate, communicate, all those things. And I've seen that the ones that have actually gotten over the hump and are using analytics and insight to guide decision-making throughout the employee lifecycle are the ones who actually weren't so comfortable. You know, they didn't have everything buttoned up and they've stretched themselves both at a leadership level and an HR business partner level and kind of grew into the role after assessing and hearing what leaders wanted to know. Um, is that what you're finding as well? And obviously you accelerate the time to get good data and good reports and good insight. Uh, but yeah, how do you feel about that assertion that HR has got to get a little uncomfortable to actually accelerate their pace to use insight to inform good decisions? Yeah, the, one of the questions I challenge people with um, is, okay, so you say your data is not good enough. How do you expect it to get good enough? <laughs> how do you know it's not good enough? Yeah. How do you measure it's not good enough? And um, the, I do think there is a there is a natural, you know, human flaw here that is, is that is um, coming out that we we assume that we need the data to be great before we can then start to analyze it. But but we're actually coming at the problem exactly the opposite way. And if we expect our data to get better, we have to be able to understand how good it is. And what analytics does is it shines a flashlight on the quality of data. If this is a barrier to getting started. No, 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 no. It's not a barrier to getting started. It's in reverse. You have to be able to build the analytics projects and put them in place in order to be able to understand the quality of your data to then direct where you need to get your data better. The other thing that I, I um, struggle with on this one is there's a certain expectation of perfection that exists. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not certain exactly why that is. I have my theory that it, it relates to confidence, back to that skill set mindset problem, but more on the skill set. Because we have not traditionally said, you know, we need to be the experts in data, you know, HR is where you go for the, you know, the most numerical literacy and, you know, deepest analytical skills. Well, that hasn't been the case historically. We're a little less comfortable with data that is close enough, that is good enough. And as such, we seek a higher bar than maybe others are comfortable with. So I, I think that is having an impact as well. But the notion for me is we keep letting perfection be the enemy of good enough. Mm -hmm. And I I'd ask people to imagine a little um, two-by-two matrix, which is a nice way to relate some concepts analytically. Uh, and one is, what is the quality of our data? The other is, what is the importance of the decision? And if you think about those two next to each other, most of us fixate on the notion that the quality is bad and the decision uh, is really important. When we think about that little quadrant, we get wrapped up that we might make a bad decision or, or be embarrassed by bringing bad data to a discussion. 
but there is also a cost to be borne by having a low impact decision and having perfect data. That means we wasted time and resources. And so you should always be thinking about striking a balance. And the simplest way I relate that is payroll. Make it penny accurate. That's the quality bar for data for payroll is accurate to the penny. Um, but the accuracy for something like turnover, if you have 20% or 20.5 or 21% turnover, does it matter? You're losing one in five people. That's probably an issue that you should be addressing. But we fixate on needing it to you know, three or four level digits accuracy. Um, sometimes you know, good is good enough and we don't need perfect. Yeah, love it. Couldn't agree more. And yeah, so we have a handful of minutes left here. So I'm just interested, what's next for Vizier? Uh, what can we expect in 2017 from you all? Yeah, um, so um, our, our still big mission is to try to connect to the, the business outcomes piece. And that's where we've made some recent investments as well to, to make it really easy to start bringing in the performance data of organizations that exist outside of the traditional systems. I'll give you a quick example of that. Um, one of the areas, you know, for those who might be in healthcare, uh, but all of us can relate because health is important to all of us. One of the things that healthcare providers, hospitals in particular, are looking at is things like patient readmission and saying, okay, there's, there's an issue as it relates to the quality of our healthcare if we have higher rates of patient readmission. Wouldn't it be wonderful to connect that type of data to um, how much training we gave, how much experience we have, um, how, you know, how much time between shifts or absenteeism or other measures of the workforce. So this, you know, in healthcare is relatively easy to understand, but you know, you can apply that in a retail scenario for same store sales. How much is that dependent or customer satisfaction? And so what we're really trying to do is simplify that connection back to those business results for HR leaders to be able to make those connections. So this won't be something we solve instantly overnight. It's a complex problem, but that's what we're really trying to help organizations achieve. And then you know, our, our mission as a, as a technology company is to make the technology as simple as possible so that you can get the answers to those questions. Outside of that, we're also very passionate. We just released a, a new solution to market that is focused exclusively on the talent acquisition challenge as we recognize that it is one of the most complex you know, areas of, you know, the human resource discipline. And it's also the most unique by comparison to the rest and that you, know, you have to deal with external data about labor supply. And then you've got all of the internal data that relates to, you know, from candidates to applicant all the way through onboarding to become an employee. And you've got internal hiring and, you know, the agency side to seek talent in one day and your internal recruiting team. And the, there's a richness of data and information there that we think we can give a very targeted solution for that helps you know, just your head of talent acquisition be more successful. And I think that parallels what you see in other functions as well that don't just think about analytics as, you know, we just do analytics, but it, you also think about it in terms of what we can analyze. And we think analyzing talent acquisition more deeply uh, is, a, is a really interesting area to explore. Employer brand is an easy example of the types of really complex questions that people are trying to answer. Love it. I love it. And so how can uh, listeners learn more about you and uh, Vizier? The easiest way, of course, is uh, our website, um, Vizier. We say it Vizier. Uh, it's V-I-S-I-E-R. So uh, the, throw that into your favorite web browser. That's, of course, the easiest way to find out. 
Uh, I would say one of the great ways will be at the uh, show. I know you're kind of familiar with here, Al, the People Analytics and Future of Work. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be there. <laughs> nice. uh, so by all means, come on by uh, and talk to us in the new year. Uh, and we're often at you know, a lot of you know, trade shows and great events. And so it's an easy way for us to, um, to talk with you in person. Um, but, you know, if you come to the website and would love to talk to us in person, you know, send us a note, give us a call, and we'd be happy to take you through in more detail um, how we might be able to help your organization. Dave, it's always, always a true pleasure speaking with you. So thanks for sharing time and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Al. I return the compliment and it's always a pleasure uh, to speak to you as well. Well, thanks, Dave. That's been Dave Weisbeck, Chief Strategy Officer at Vizier. And this is Al Adamson, Founder and Executive Director of the Talent Strategy Institute, signing off for today. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Talent Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. For other podcasts and to learn about upcoming events, please visit talentstrategyinstitute.com.